Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f you are. Let's rock this out. You are listening to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge. Today, I am with Katie Drew Jensen. Katie has been an entrepreneur for 35 years with a deep background in a diverse set of industries. In the past three decades, Katie launched a chain of medical spas, a private air charter company, a consulting and coaching firm, and she is the founder of Awaken the Spirit Within Academy and Retreats. She helps women uncover their purpose and passion, expand their impact and influence from stage or online, helps them share their story and monetize their talks with compassion, clarity, and confidence. In Katie's free time, she works with the Down Syndrome Foundation. She enjoys traveling, dance, fine wine, spending time with her family, and feeling the warm sand under her feet in her home in Laguna Beach, California. Welcome, Katie. I'm so excited to have you, and I'm really jealous right now that you are in Laguna Beach because I'm outside of Atlanta, and it is freezing. We don't have snow, but it is abnormally cold. Oh my gosh. And I feel for you because I know the whole country is half, uh, more than half is buried in snow or cold. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty chilly out there, but thank you. I, I am honored to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you. This is an honor. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Well, first of all, I want to hear a little bit about your background, but I want you to start with your near-death experience. I'm super, super spiritual, and I love hearing people's glimpses of, of heaven and the other side. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was just talking to a mutual friend of ours about this experience, and I hadn't really talked about it really at all, because I think there was some shame or guilt surrounding it. And um, I didn't understand where that came from, but I believe looking back, I was so young, I was only six years old when this happened. And I really feel that my mother especially was almost embarrassed and fearful because it was so phenomenal. I mean, it was, it was such a crazy experience. So in a nutshell, what happened was I was at the coast the Pacific Ocean. It was in the winter. So we were all dressed warmly in heavy clothes. My two sisters and I were out at the beach while my mother was in the hotel room and just playing around the ocean. And I went too far, too close. And a side current came and just literally sucked me out into the ocean in a flash. And, you know, my sisters were older and they, they tried to help me, especially my oldest sister, my other sister froze in fear and um, I just remember the struggle. I remember, you know, it seemed like an eternity, but I'm sure it was just, um, you know, moments um, of this whole thing happening. But I went right underneath the water. It was over my head in a second. And my sister tried to help me and save me. And I remember the feeling of all the heaviness and the violence of the surf. And, and then a really strange thing happened. I, I sort of surrendered to it. And I, I think the crushing weight of not having a breath, it was just getting too much. And in that moment, it was really, really strange because even at six, and I didn't really recall all of this until I got older, I remember having this kind of mature wisdom that I was going to die. And I felt really bad for my mom. And I just, you know, there was this heaviness of, 
oh, she's going to be so sad. And so it happened where I just looked up and I could kind of see through the salt water and the seaweed at my sister. And I just, you know, stretched out my arms and I took a big gulp in and I just surrendered to the ocean. And then the strange thing was I've, you know, heard the story, you know, afterwards, but I woke up on a bathroom floor and my mother, who was a nurse, was doing CPR and, and all of that. But the weird thing about this was I was basically out without oxygen for over 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So That's insane. Mm. Insane. What did yeah. you experience when you were out? Well, this was the thing that was really interesting. And our friend asked me this question and I don't recall like a bright light. I don't recall a lot of things that we hear about people transitioning or having near-death experiences. It was after the fact. After the fact, I, I started hearing voices. They were very real to me. And as a young child, I thought everyone could probably hear them. And it was just me. And it was normally when I was alone playing in my room and I would see these figures in my room who were talking to me and they were all adults and they were all dressed kind of in old clothes and they were all just talking to me about things. And then of course, later I realized that these were probably my angels and my spirit guides. And, you know, as a kid, you just think this is normal. But my mother, of course, when I told her, because she would come in and who are you talking to? Well, especially um, back then. I mean, the last thing you wanted people to know back in the day, I mean, even 10 plus years ago was that you're hearing voices and talking to people. Yeah. Your mom was <laughs> like, I don't want people to think my daughter's crazy. I know she's not, but this is like, you just don't talk about these things. No. And she did take me to a psychiatrist and I just told them they were my friends, you know, and, uh, and it was interesting though, because there was a lot of shame and guilt around that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think that happened through that, which again, as a kid, you don't realize it's actually happening, but I became incredibly empathetic for, and it was normally for the elderly. It was normally for older people and transitioning perhaps, or about to. Wow. So it really catapulted me into working at nursing homes. I would volunteer. I went into nursing myself. I wanted to work with geriatrics. And I also had a big draw to work with infants. So sort of at the beginning and the ending and of people's lives. That is so beautiful. So it's almost like you're, you were so close to the other side that when you came back, you still had that closeness and that portal, that opening to communication was just seamless. Yeah, it, it was like it completely opened where I think before I was just a silly little girl, like not really thinking about anything of importance. And I realized I was thinking about what older people were thinking about. That's my six-year-old brain explaining it. And, and other people would say to me, you're such an old soul. Or, you know, it was, it was interesting to hear that because I just thought that, you know, it's just me. Did you, did you ever find that you, that you were growing out of those gifts? Obviously, if there was some shaming there, or do you still feel like you have it now? Well, that's, you know, that's a really good question because there's also intuition that comes from an experience like that, where you really can see into someone else's soul. And I remember exactly when it started to go away. I was in like fourth grade or maybe it was second. I can't remember. It was around the eight, nine, 10 year 
you know, mark. And it was 4th of July. And we were all outside with our little sparklers. And the windows were all open. It was in the heat of summer. And the phone rang. And I looked right at my dad. And I just said, oh, dad, I'm so sorry. Grandpa's just saying goodbye. Grandpa just waved to me and said goodbye. And he looked at me like I was the devil, like what? And of course he picked up the phone and it was my grandmother saying my grandfather had just died. And I had just seen him waving goodbye to me. And so I remember because between six and 10, I would have all this intuition. And um, I remember that particular moment, my parents looked at me and I was so scared that they were afraid of me. And so I- your little heart. Yeah, well, you know, and they were very spiritual. They were very, and I mean, religious. Spiritual exactly. Too. Like it happened in the Bible, but it didn't happen now. Right. <laughs> it didn't happen right. when you were growing up, but it happened in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just decided I wasn't going to share that with them anymore. Have you talked to your parents about this in your, in your older years? Well, they've both passed. And I remember having a couple conversations with my mother about it, my, since my father wasn't there when it happened, you know, he just kind of knew that that was a scary, crazy thing. Um, but I would always ask her like, mom, how come <laughs> I say this kind of laughingly, how come I didn't have brain damage? Maybe I do, but, um, you know, she would just sort of push it away. Like, you know, it was, it was just a miracle. And, 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 you know, it's something that we shouldn't talk about because people won't understand. And, and even in our adulthood, it, it wasn't something that she felt comfortable talking about. Yeah. That is super interesting. And a really cool part of your story, really cool part of your story. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting because you don't really know if you'd be any different, of course, if this hasn't happened, but I do know that my compassion for people it just went a hundred times and it stayed there. And so you wonder, you know, was this for a reason? Was this to put me in purpose? Absolutely. I totally believe it was for a reason. And, and it's interesting that so many people that have had near death experiences all say the same thing. They all have this heightened sense of awareness and this connection to the afterlife that is it's, you just can't deny that there's a connection between the two. And I totally believe it was for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it also made me, um, I mean, no one wants to pass, but I'm not too fearful of it. And I was, you know, in my nursing days and stuff, when I used to volunteer or for a job, I would, you know, sneak off and I would, you know, see, visit patients that were in hospice or whatever. And um, it was very comfortable for me because I think that that's what people are looking for is just comfort and openness to talk about whatever they're feeling, you know. Absolutely. Well, you're such a, a beautiful soul. Well, how did all of this lead into nursing to entrepreneurship? <laughs> well, you know, I was only a nurse for like a minute because I realized that I actually wanted to create my own space. And I really wasn't even sure what being an entrepreneur was going to look like. And there was some detours along the way, like marriage and children and, and things like that, that kind of, you know, turned my path a little topsy-turvy. But um, I, what I was drawn to was, was helping. And so one of the things that I started or my very first company, um, was a chain of medical spas. And I started with one location and I wanted to bring in things to make people feel good. 
And I wanted to, you know, have different areas of the spa so you could have some pampering, but also we had surgical centers as well. So I could sort of combine my training with, you know, and just spread it out and then bring in other people that were, you know, smarter than me and had more degrees and, you know, physicians and practitioners. And so I could just really provide this amazing space. So I think that that, you know, just having the, the need to serve and, and care for people really took, you know, took me into that path. But as far as being an entrepreneur, you know, it's funny, there's a story and I'll say a real quick story about this. When I was 12, I love children and I started a babysitting service and I did it all summer, made enough money to buy my cute Jordache jeans for, you know, the fall going back into school. And I remember my friends coming to me and saying, wow, how did you get this money? And how'd you do this? And I said, well, I'll tell you what I did. I have this little box and I have it full of toys and crayons and stuff. And I have flyers about what I do and how much I charge. And I go door to door and I give these flyers to these parents and I'll teach you how to do it. But you can't work in my neighborhood and you have to give me like a quarter every hour of what you work. You are brilliant. Yes, I love it. You were born to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> but I didn't even know what a franchise was. You know, and I, my parents were just like shaking their heads. Like, where did you come from? So that really, I had, I had forgotten about that story, but that was really what, you know, got me into entrepreneurship. So that's crazy. Cool. Okay. So, so tell me about loss and reinventing yourself. So are you, you were divorced, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> crazy kind of backstory. So you know, when I had my chain of medical spas, um, I had those for about a decade. And then I uh, sold that company and I did a, a 180 and went into aviation. And I started a, a, a private air charter company and it was going great. I mean, it was just fabulous. I mean, this is of course over a couple of decades. And then if you recall 2008 and nine, when everything sort of imploded, I had just acquired a new jet. I had three pilots on staff um, and then the recession hit. And, you know, I, it, looking back on it, it was probably the best lesson I've ever learned at the time. Sure. Didn't feel that way because I literally lost, I mean, over half of everything I had been working for, for 20 years. And I think that that's, you know, as far as going into reinvention and starting over, it's funny because that was what, 10 years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so old and it's over. Now, what am I going to do? And there was just this gloom and doom. And what I really found through all that is reinvention can start at any time in our life. You know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, whenever it is, we're always reinventing. And I had such a narrow path of like, this was my path and this is where I was going. And this was the end. And there is no end. It's all just this journey, right? But another thing that came out of that, speaking of empathy, was that I really wanted to kind of embrace, especially women that go through hardship and adversity in midlife. I know exactly what that's like. You know, my children's uh, father had passed away before all of this happened. And so, you know, dealing with death, dealing with their emotions, they were teenagers. Um, you know, and then having all this happen and then having to move them. And I mean, just a lot at once gave me a lot of empathy for what other people go through, you know, because when you're flying high and you're having a great time and you're making money and you're building homes and you're just, you sort of forget, 
You know, other people are having different experiences at the same time. And that was a wake up call, you know, to say, really focus on what's important and what's important are people. Exactly. And you can't, you can't really enjoy and have the gratitude of the highs if you don't experience the lows. And I totally agree with you that the only way we can truly be empathetic of other people is to go through struggles of our own. And it's just part of, it's party, part of the journey of, of the soul. I believe it's part of all of our journeys is to learn empathy so we can be better humans and take care of our people better. And I've been through times in my life too, where it's just like, okay, regroup. What are you going to do now? How are you going to handle this? And every single one of those redirections in my life has always led to something better. And in the moment you're like, oh my God, this is the end. You know, woe is me. Why is this happening? And then you pivot and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe this is my purpose. Maybe this is why I'm here. This, all these things were preparing me for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I truly believe that that adversity that we go through, like you said, multiple times, it's just going to prepare us for the next adversity and also the next high, because, you know, we know that there are always, there's beauty beyond, you know, the darkness. And, and I love what you said about the fact that it made you a different person, you know, how it really does create our essence and our character is redefined every time we go through struggle. Well, and I know that as an entrepreneur, you know, your medical spas, I mean, it's fun. You it's your creator. I'm a creator too. It's fun to create and it's fun to see the things that you're creating grow and, and, and manifest them to be what you've envisioned them to be. And I've gone through all of that as well. And I'm finally landed at my purpose, which is truly helping people. And I know that you would probably agree. You've kind of landed at your purpose too. And, um, tell me a little bit what that looks like as far as your, um, awaken the speaker within Academy and your retreats. Yeah. Well, like you, I mean, the journey is always interesting, right? You know, we never really know. It's like this twisty windy road. And, you know, it's after I went through my last company and I was actually able to sell my aviation company a few years after the recession. And I just had to sit back and go, what now? Like, what is the reason I went through this? And what was the lesson? And and who am I here to serve? You know, because I do think it changes throughout our life. And um, I guess it just, it, it really came to me that the struggles I went through as an entrepreneur, I wanted to make sure that not only to coach other entrepreneurs, but to show them what not to do. It's easy to show them what to do, but... I didn't have a safety net when the recession hit. And I learned so many lessons through that experience that I just naturally went into coaching. Um, And, you know, the other thing was that obviously having a brick and mortar during all that time, it's so much responsibility. And I thought, how can I do this on the fly? How can I do this from anywhere? How can I go to my people wherever they are? And so the retreats sort of came to my mind at that point, you know, either going to them or bringing them to a beautiful place, which is why I landed in Laguna Beach, actually, to do the retreats on the ocean. But um, I suppose to your point, the purpose part was just reinventing how to help and serve in just a different arena, you know, before for the medical side or the spa, you know, years that was more physical, which did help the spiritual. And then with the aviation side, I got to tell you, that was just a whole lot of fun. 
but it was also the customer service that I learned through my journey went into that. But then on the coaching side, you can really expand it to what, and meet that person wherever they are. I suppose that's kind of a long way to get to that point. I like the freedom of saying, this is not a cookie cutter. You know, this is, I'll meet you where you are. And then the Awaken the Speaker Within was just sort of one of the trainings I did was getting people on stage or online and showing them how to be comfortable. But it was really about crafting their story. So, you know, there are a lot of speaker trainers out there, but I love the fact that like you, that's why you do what you do is you like to hear people's journeys and stories. And a lot of people don't realize how powerful their unique story is and why they should share it. So that was one of my big passion and purpose was to share with them why it's important to speak out and who they might touch because of that. Well, and I've said probably over the past 10 years with, with my, with my journey and my story, because I'm, I'm very real. What you see is what you get. I'm an open book. I will share my struggles with someone because I want to help them. And I've said for years, what if it's not about me? What if it's about them? Yeah. And if we don't share our vulnerabilities and what we've been through, we can't help other people and we can give them um, just reassurance that they're not alone because guess what? Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. And when you can be vulnerable and you can show people that you're perfectly imperfect and that you figured it out, that's literally where you can start to heal. So helping women share their stories of who they truly are is also about their inner healing as well. Oh yeah. That's just so well put. That's yeah. That's exactly spot on how I feel. You know, it's, it isn't about us and yet the stories will help those people who we are serving and they just want to know you're real. They want to know, Oh, you get me. You you've had hard times too. Oh, you've had death. You've had loss. You've had hardship, you know, all of those things. And so when you become real, that's when you become the best mentor. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and people are drawn, people are drawn to real. They just are, they just are. And, um, you know, the, this low self-worth that I see amongst women, that's really one of the reasons I got into my coaching business. It's just, it just, it breaks my heart. And that makes me so sad because women are always comparing themselves to other people and, and looking at their stories and going, you know, poor me, let me hide behind this and pretend it didn't happen. And it's just, when you really understand that everything you go through is leading you to the next, the next stage of your life. And it's all for a purpose. And there are no mistakes. They're just beautiful lessons and all the people that you encounter, some aren't so great. Some are amazing, but we all have soul agreements and connections with these people for a reason. And when women, everyone can learn this, you just feel so empowered And you really start to understand that, that life's not happening to you. It's happening with you. And it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful dance. Sometimes it's slower than others. Sometimes it's fast and more chaotic than others, but it's just a dance. Yeah. No, I love that. A beautiful dance. That's a beautiful way to say it. I I couldn't agree more. And I think that, I don't know if you're seeing this and I'm sure that you are, because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of, you know, spiritual people like yourself recently. And this last year. I, I really truly believe that people's, their veils are being lifted and the realness is happening more than ever 
there's a lot more empathy. People are really more willing and wanting to help others. Competition is a thing of the past. We're all here to uplift, you know, and help everyone rise. And, you know, if it took a pandemic, which is sad in itself, but I truly believe that this past year has put us in a new realm. I believe wholeheartedly in that for sure. And there have been so many, I mean, there have been painful moments for, for us as a family. I can't imagine people that have experienced loss that just breaks my heart. Um, but we've had a lot of beautiful moments throughout all of this and so much growth and so many lessons and we've learned so much and it's interesting. I grew up on the coast and, you know, you always hear if you ever get caught, you know, in the undertow or the current, do not fight it just let it carry you. Eventually it will let you go, you know? And um, I really feel like over this past year, the surrender that maybe we haven't chosen, but we've been forced to do. It's just like you said, like you just put your arms up, just let the current carry you and see where it lets you out because what you resist persists. And if we resist all the change that's going on and we're in constant fight or flight over the stuff that a lot of it, we can't change. I mean, it's just going to be a rough guy. You're going to get tumbled in the rocks. And so you, the surrender that's happened, um, has just been, it's been extremely powerful. And, and like I said, whether it's chosen or forced, I think people are finally understanding what it means to be in the flow of life. Oh, that's just so well said. You know, I feel like I'm a recovering control freak. And in my early days of owning businesses, I felt like I could control every single thing. And, you know, as we get older, we realize that is so not the case. And I truly believe this past year has just magnified it where you're right. People are really into surrender mode and, and not in action. I think there's a difference. And some people may get that confused, like just hope and pray it's all going to work. And that's not what surrender is. Surrender and trust is doing everything that you feel you can do to the best of your ability and letting go of the outcome. Amen. Perfectly said. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that is probably the biggest lesson I can tell myself and share with others, peers, colleagues, clients, whatever, is that when you do that, and this is really important. I, and I hope that people can understand and maybe listen to this deeply because when you surrender and let go of the outcome, you really, what you're doing is you're opening space for more beauty into your world, right? Because how much energy does it take when you're fighting something you have no control over? When we put all your energy, energy all, all of all it. your energy, yeah. it's exhausting. Yeah. It yeah. You do. And you, you allow yourself to open to other opportunities and other things to be created that are going to be so much more magical and amazing than anything you could personally create. Yeah. You know, I mean, I talk about that when it comes to manifesting with my clients, I'm like, you know, you can sit there and figure out all the details and spend the plates of all the details and what you're going to do to make that goal happen. And guess what? God's source creator goes, I know what you want. I'm going to figure out the details, but let me figure out the details. You just work towards it and I'll figure out the details. Quit overanalyzing everything that you're going to do as a human to make it happen because I'm not going to let it happen that way. It's going to happen my way on my time, you know? So when, when we do surrender, we really do open ourselves and allow for more beauty than we could ever 
begin to imagine. And it's crazy. Like, it's just, it's nuts to me. And the universe is God's incredible that 2020 was 2020. And we've all been saying hindsight's 2020. Like, isn't that just magical? As crazy as that is to say. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild what has happened as a collective, like on the earth, like not countries, you know, not continents, the globe, right? The globe. There is a grand plan here, plan here. And like, like you said, even if it had to be COVID, which no one would ever choose that we can find the beauty in this. Yeah. It's definitely there. And don't you feel for the people that are still fighting it because there are so many that are still trying to navigate and control. And if they would just realize this message, if they would just hear this, their life would get a thousand times better. Well, and the other thing to me too, that's just, it's so sad and it's so crippling is the fear, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the fear around the election that happened and people are probably still fearful. Who knows? Then mm-hmm. you had the fear over the virus and there's still fear over the virus. As a household, we don't fear the virus. Are we being smart about it? For sure. But we do not live daily fearing the virus. And then you have all these people that are going to get the vaccine that are fearful that if they don't get the vaccine, they're going to die of COVID. And then they're fearful. Well, if I get the vaccine, I'm going to be so, so sick. So you have all these people that are making decisions based out of fear. And that is like the number one energetic thing not to do is to base anything out of fear. If you're going to get the vaccine, you're going to get the vaccine because it just makes you feel good. Not because you're doing it because you're fearful of dying. You know what I mean? It's just people are just, they're either, they're either surrendering and allowing and seeing things the way we're talking about, or they're so wrapped up in fear and every decision they're making is based off of fear. And that's what's so sad because aside from COVID, we know what happens when you live in fear all the time, right? You're hurting your body in general, and you're opening yourself up to a plethora of diseases and viruses and illnesses, you know? So, right. And, you know, I think on top of that, the fear is really what's causing the division too. And I talked to someone who I won't say her name, but she's very, very close in my world. She's in my nest and she's very judgmental about choices that people are making, like you said, around the vaccine or masks or whatever they're choosing and how to live right now. And what I told her is it's important for you to keep your, um, your opinion because that's your life. And I value that for you. I respect that for you. At the same time, everyone's just doing their best. Everyone are, you know, they're making decisions that they feel are best for themselves and for their family. And judging them is just a part of your own fear causing division, right? And we know there's a lot of division out there. (laughs) I totally agree. And listen, I have a friend and mentor and she explained this so perfectly because we all have it in our families and in our friends are either pro COVID vaccine or anti COVID vaccine. This is how, this is how she explained it. She said, and I, and I know this, she said, we're all of our souls are on our own individual journey. Mm-hmm. If someone is diehard for the vaccine, that's their journey. Yes. Just their belief in the vaccine could save them. If someone is anti-vaccine and they're totally trusting their immune system to do what it was created to do, just their belief in their immune system could save them. Yeah. Let people have their own journey. Yeah. 
And oh my gosh, when outside of COVID, if you look at that with every issue we have, no, love gosh. all people and let them have their own journeys, what an amazing planet this would be. Mm. You take on all the walls of judgment and ego and arguing and right and wrong and all the stuff. Yeah. Love people where they are. Gosh, that, that. Go get the vaccine and don't right. get it out of fear. Get it out of joy. Yep. Yeah. Don't we wish that everyone would just feel that love people yes. where they are, you know, another thing that just kind of came to my mind and it just, it's so funny. It's also about the fact that, you know, other people's opinion about me is none of my business. And I love that. <laughs> I just love that because when I first heard it, I really didn't quite get it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. If I put so much energy and worrying about what people think about my decisions, again, our energy is not finite. You know, we only have so much and just realizing that that's their, that's their stuff. Yeah. That's it's the same stuff. sort of thing about my judgment or non-judgment is it's just okay for them to be judgmental. Just, just push it away. It's okay. It's not going to hurt you if you don't let it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean the, the, the book, the four agreements, you know, it, yes. uh, one of the agreements is to take nothing personally. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing around all of this stuff. If you take other people's opinions and the journey of their soul, if you don't take it personally, ah, what freedom, what freedom. Yeah. And there's nothing more exhausting than going around being offended all the time. I know. I know. I have to say that's probably been the hardest lesson as a woman and as a nurturer and as a mother and a wife, you know, my parents were born in the twenties. So talk about being raised by children are seen, not heard. And as a woman, you just do whatever the husband says, which was crazy for me because I'm the most independent, rebellious woman you probably ever met. But, you know, I had I had lovely marriages. I say that plural. But, um, you know, it, it, I went completely opposite of what my what my parents sort of taught me to be. And you know, if I look back on it, I can't, I don't even really know where it came from, but all I knew is that I knew that women had a bigger voice. Women made a bigger impact and we have more influence than I was raised to believe and bless their hearts. It, it was not their fault. They just were doing what, they, what was done to them. You know, I hope my daughters feel that. And I hope I've raised them to know they can just do anything. I know that was a little bit off the track there, but it was just something that came to mind because, boy, this is the day for women. <laughs> it right? surely is. I mean, well, I don't know your daughters, but I know you a little bit, and I can assure you that they have that in them. They're pretty cool. They're they're just outsmarting me every day, but they're all grown and doing their own thing and have lovely jobs and families. And it's just really amazing to see. Yeah, I know you're so proud. Well, how can our listeners connect with you and what services do you offer? Oh, all right. I'm so deep into that. Um, gosh, snap back into like biz mode, right? Um, so you can connect with me. I mean, obviously we're everywhere in social media on Facebook. I have a group called Awaken the Speaker Within. It's a fairly new group. I've just started or refreshed rather. So um, there's that. And Instagram, my name is Katie Drew Jensen. Um, Awaken the Speaker Within is also my website. Not a short name, kind of long. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, um, 
I just, I love connecting with people. And if, you know, and if I can connect people with other people, that is something that I really am enjoying doing right now. There's so many people. Oh, and obviously, I mean, I see what you're doing out there. You're doing beautiful things and connecting all these people. Oh, I know. I love it. The network that I'm building. Cause same thing. I mean, if I'm working with someone and then, and I know they need something outside of me. Oh my gosh. Like I'm just loving meeting people like you that I could connect others with. It's just, just magical. Oh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, you know, especially after the fact, when you say, oh, you know, when you hear, thank you for introducing me to that person, it made such a big difference, you know, in my world. Yes, so yeah, absolutely. the other thing I'll just drop, it's, it's a, it's a free thing. I'm not selling anything, of course. Um, but I do have a summit that started yesterday that I'm just a part of, and it's all for speakers or wannabe speakers or people that are transitioning and having a struggle between on stage to online still. Um, it's called Speaking Pays. It's a 21-day free summit. All you have to do is, you know, either reach out to me or to you. I'll give you the link. And they can just sign up. And it's not a live thing. So they can get little drips every day from a different expert in their inbox. So while they're taking a walk or brushing their teeth, it's under 30 minutes. And they can get, you know, a little tip of the day and a free gift. So Awesome. I hadn't really thought about sharing that here, but I think it might be good for your listeners who are looking for some, you know, expertise from other people. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. That would be great. Well, this has been amazing. I could stay on with you all day. I this love was, it. This was incredible. You're just a multifaceted, amazing, beautiful woman. I'm just excited to connect with you and call you a friend. Thank you. I feel the same. This is such an honor again, and I appreciate you and all that you're doing. Thank you, Katie. Well, we will do it again soon. Yay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review, and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to manifestingmarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.